Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Michael Eden Cedar online. Hey, Michael, how are you? Hi, Michael. Good. Thanks for having me here. This is wonderful. I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, we talked quite a bit in the pre-show about some things. I probably should have hit record. We we had some good stuff we, in there. We could have just done that, right? We just done that. We would have been well into it and then let my editor just say, here, you know, work with it. Uh-huh. Uh, but but no, you, you do some great space, you know, in, in leadership. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, jumped out at me, one of the many things you focus on is gratitude and with leadership. So share with the audience a little bit about you and then we'll dive into the conversation. Yeah. So uh, about, I mean, by trade, I'm an executive uh, coach uh, and I work with companies, but um, I'm moving more and more into the space of uh, individuals who might not even be executives as well, uh, but individuals looking to I don't want to. I want to say reclaim your their lives, um, but to sort of establish boundaries. That's probably the best way of saying it, and that goes and that works on both the executive side or the non-executive side. And at the end of the day, we're all executives of our own lives, whether we're professionally being compensated for it or not. Um, uh, you know, or if you you're a stay-at-home parent, that you're still the executive of your life and of your household in that case. And I, I find the themes. Um, you know, you asked me about me, is I identify as a leadership and life coach. I, I always put those two words together. And the reason why is um, I can't see a difference between who you are and what you do. It's, it's just not my thing. There are a lot of people who have come to me who like, I just want to focus on my job and just get in the race. And I'm just like, I'm not the guy for you. And I respect that. And they seem to respect that a lot as well. Um, so I work a lot in the space of, like you said, gratitude. And I have a group on Facebook called the Gratitude Slam. Um, and the reason that I focus on gratitude, and, and by the way, that is a, that's my opportunity to give back. Uh, not everyone can, uh, is ready to pay for coaching or can afford um, top-tiered coaching, um, but I'm desirous to help as many individuals as, as, as I can have a positive impact on through the lens I have. And so um, a lot of people... I find, and, and Michael, you can tell me if wave me off if, if if I'm saying something that's incongruent with what you're finding. But I find a lot of people are um, going. I, I don't. I don't need more positivity stuff, right? And so, so I don't need the gratitude stuff. And I'm not doing the gratitude world and spending a lot of time in that space to feel positive, positive and joy and happiness are byproducts that occur from experiencing gratitude. Um, I do it because I'm sure if I was diagnosed earlier in my life, people would probably have pinned me as um, clinically depressed or something like that, probably. But I never wanted anyone to tell me it. I didn't really care enough. All I knew is I sometimes felt really down and I couldn't figure out why. And I wanted to find empowerment tools uh, to shift me out of that. Because I was like, I've got to have more control than a, a pill or something like that. And I'm not taking away from uh, the med- medical world. It's just not what I was choosing for myself. And so one path that I keep getting led back to and still do is 
the idea of focusing on what I do have control over uh, versus what I don't have control over, which leads me to the path of gratitude. So um, that's what got me. That was, that's what has me in the gratitude space pretty deeply. I love how you said that. And it ties into a lot of things that I've been saying to people over this last year or so with the pandemic and everything and lockdowns and things being closed and not being able to go to the movies or concerts or sit in a restaurant or all the things that quite frankly we took for granted oh, yeah. uh, just over a year ago. Many of us have not been able to do that. And I, I tell people, well, focus on the things that you can do. Yes. Be thankful for the things that you can do. There's still a lot of things that you can do that you enjoy that bring you joy and fulfillment in life. And focus on those, because if you focus on all the negative, can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that, U.S. presidential elections, vaccines, all this, all the stuff. No, if you, if you want to find negative stuff, it won't take you long to find it. You don't have to Google it. Just turn on the news. You'll find it. doesn't matter what flavor of the news you watch. You're going to find it. So that's not an issue. But if you focus on things that you enjoy doing and you have, you know, be thankful about it, you know, and especially during this pandemic where there were so many people, unfortunately, that have lost their jobs or, you know, maybe they've had a drop in income or can't do things, or maybe they've lost loved ones with this pandemic yeah. and all those things that have happened, you know, I feel for those people and the losses, you know, you know, I've seen, you know, on the news, you know, long, long lines of people, you know, waiting to get a couple of bags of groceries because the income is just not there for them to be able to get the food that they need. And I've been in that situation in my life before. So I know what that feels like. And, you know, initially when I saw that, it triggered me. And I, of course, I caught myself and like, that's not what's going on with me right now. That's, you know, the empathy coming in, but it did bring back a past trauma. And I, I thought, I am not there now. So, and at that point, I'm like, I'm, I need to make sure that at this particular moment, I focus on extreme gratitude and being completely thankful that I have more than enough. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm good on food. I'm good on toilet paper. I'm good on all the other things that a lot of people were struggling with in the early days of this pandemic and continue to be thankful that I have my health and that I'm doing my part, like we said in the pre-show, to make sure that we don't end up in the hospital or yeah. you know, contract or get somebody else, um, you know, contracted with COVID or anything else, just doing my part. And it's made this pandemic a lot easier to navigate. Not saying it has been fun. There hasn't been some ups and downs. But when you go into uh, each day going, okay, I'm alive. I feel good. Let, you know, let's, let's attack this day and let's make a difference. When you go at life with that type of attitude, you know, it, it just, you know, attitude and gratitude rhyme. And um, it's, it's one of those things that I focus on a lot. It's like, I'm thankful that I get the opportunity to do the things that I get to do. Yeah. And, and, when, and no matter what you do in life, be thankful that you get to do those things. Because there are some people that would love to be able to do that. And for some reason, they can't. So it, 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 you know, it chimes in. And I'm completely 100% on your side when it comes to you know, the power of gratitude, especially in leadership and just the leadership of your life as well. Well, leadership is about adaptability, right? And if, if you're focused on what you don't have, uh, one of the things that I heard during the pandemic, I think it was Winston Churchill said it, not during the pandemic, but I think I heard Andrew Cuomo quote Winston Churchill. So I don't remember the source, but I loved this quote. You go to war with the army you have, not the army you want. 
and right in the pandemic as a leader in the pandemic if you're whether someone's a business owner or an executive or a manager or a head of a household or a parent right you might not have the tools supplies people individual power support in money resources that you want and you could focus on that. You could choose to focus on that. You can say, hey, let's focus on everything we don't have. But that stifles imagination. That stifles creativity. That stifles adaptability. And, um, yeah, and so that's, that's why I like to play with gratitude. A lot of people go, I'm not, I don't want to play with the gratitude stuff. I go, just bear with me because I'm not going to have you spew out gratitude and be like, I'm grateful. For it. it's, it's, it's focusing on where, what's the launch pad you're on right now? And where do you want to go? Because if we focus on someone else's launch pad or, 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 or we wish we were in a different launch pad, when we wake up in the morning, the mind's going to go, oh, you want to have a crappy day? No problem. I'll give you a crappy day. You wake up and you go, I'm going to make today the best day. Day's going to go, you want me to make this the best day? Don't you worry. I'll make it the best day. The brain's going to tell you what to focus on. And, and I like that you use gratitude and attitude in the gratitude slam. On Facebook, what we say is gratitude is an attitude. Attitude is a skill. A skill is a habit, and a habit can be learned. So I meet a lot of people both in coaching and on the gratitude slam, which is my form of coaching to be able to give back um, uh, to more people who go, well, I'm just not a positive person. And okay, I, you know, I, I'm not going to judge them for experiencing that or for welcoming that or for um, if that's the way they want to, to, to put their focus. I, you know, I'm going to go on a little tangent, but I think this is, it ties into what you said. Hap I don't believe happiness is a choice, but I believe the decisions we make will lead to happiness, right? And so, therefore, the path to happiness is the choice. But if I'm feeling down and dark, I can't go, get happy, right? If I do, that's going to have a lot of cognitive dissonance behind it and have a lot of power behind that muscle, and it's really going to beat me up emotionally. And so, I go, hey, it's okay. You could stay in that space. We, we are as humans... And I think this is important. I, I wish, not I wish, uh, my, I know one of my goals is to get this in people's minds earlier in their life, including one of my missions is to get this kind of work, the gratitude work, into um, the younger generations, elementary school. Like, why are they, you know, why are we not talking about this in preschool, kindergarten, first grade, fifth grade, 12th grade, you know, like, why? why? But this idea that the brain, are, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution here, right, uh, of this brain. And it's a negative biased brain. It's designed to find what's wrong so we could survive. So, like you said, there's so much gratitude to be have in the pandemic, even though, and again, not to make light of it, I, I feel very fortunate. It's a weird dichotomy of um, people around me losing life and losing jobs and losing their sanctuaries that they have. Um, and there's even those moments where I'm like, I'm ordering my food on my phone to get delivered at the exact time spot, I say, and they're out of the frozen shrimp I wanted. And I'm like, what's wrong with this company, right? I'm a negative biased creature and I got to catch myself and go, come on, Cedar, you know, come on, pull yourself back. And I just think it's important to remember we're programmed to do that, to survive, but we don't have to live like that anymore. So we have, we have the opportunity to go, let's try focusing on what we do have. And I want to share this as, because like you said, there's been a lot of hurt and harm and we can look at our lives and go, my God, am I grateful for what I have? So when you were talking, I was, this story came to mind. Um, so I live in Midtown, New York, uh, 
literally a stone's throw from Macy's in the in Midtown. And Lauren and I, one day as the pandemic started to open up, I mean, the lockdown start to open up and we heard Macy's open, said, let's put on a mask, let's be safe and let's just get out of the apartment and like go to Macy's and socially distance. And we're walking there and we notice, we see a line going all the way from the Macy's door, all like literally, I'm not exaggerating, like three, four blocks back. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is stupid. We should have looked it up on the news, right? So here I am getting negative again. So we're like, let's just make sure this is definitely the line for Macy's. So we start walking towards it. It wasn't the line for Macy's. And everyone was dressed like me, looked, you know, fairly uh, conservatively dressed, nice clothing, nicer clothing, you know, street clothing. But uh, as we start walk closer, we go, oh, this is not the line for Macy's. This is a food bank truck. And there's a three block line for it. So number one, check right? Of like, come on, I was about to complain that I have to stand online to go to a store to buy something with money I have and talk about the most humbling experience for me. And and, and you said the word empathy before. I, I think it gives you, yeah, of course you're going to have empathy. I identify as an empath, by the way. Um, I think it gives you a lot of ability to be compassionate, right? You know, more than empathy. Empathy, compassion is empathy with the action, empathy with the desire to serve, right? <clears throat> and it just was like, whoa, how humbling is that? Yeah, and and like, wow, that was some cold water in my face. And I have to be grateful for what I have, whether I have to stand in a line or not. Um, oh, was go to, you know what it was? It was to go to see the windows at Macy's, the Christmas windows. That's what it was. It wasn't to go shopping, it was to see the windows. And I was like, oh, this is stupid, right? How egregious was I in that moment? But I, but I, but I feel blessed that I can catch myself do that. Yeah. So that's it. so again bringing it back to gratitude. I can focus on what I don't have. And it's not to compare myself to those people, those individuals in the line. My heart went out to them and and part of the gratitude slam and the life on your terms program, all the different stuff that I do. I find ways to serve communities that might not have the ability to have access to the mindsets and tools that I that I like to share. Um but man was it a wake up of like I there's a lot more I could be doing right now with the with the gratitude I have. I know I did a lot of talking there, but I hope you got something that um, you could jump off of on that one. Like you go. Oh yeah. There's so, so many angles that you take. And yeah, it's, you know, I've caught myself too, you know, with mm -hmm. this lockdown situation and, you know, a lot of businesses that, you know, are now gone because of the lockdowns and, you know, I'm not going to debate, you know, the, the merit of locking down or not locking down and, you know, where are the cases coming from and all of that, you know, that, you know, that, that just ends up going down a spiral of um, being angered. But again, you know, those aren't my businesses. And in many cases, the businesses that I walk by that are closed, I've, I've never shopped at before and likely would <laughs> not shop. So why am I upset? I, but again, it feels like you, you it, again, it could be a combination of, you know, past trauma or past experiences of losing a job or going through difficulty and then someone else does it. And I don't want people to go through that, but I think in life, in many situations, people, have to go through some of those things sometimes in order to pivot to what they need to do. And again, I'm not, I'm not the one that's guiding all of that. I'm, I'm, I'm 
looking at the windows outside of Macy's and in looking at all of the, um, you know, and of course, you know, it, you know, during the Christmas season, you know, I know in New York, especially is one of those magical times, you know, where it's just oh, the yeah. lights and the people are out and, you know, the, there's a chill in the air, hopefully not too cold, but, you know, it's starting to get cooler, but people are out and about and seeing that. And last year was a, a, a bit different uh, to say the least, uh, but you, you had that opportunity to go, let's go look at that and let's go walk around the stores. And, you know, even where I am now, I split my time between Toronto and San Diego and I'm in Toronto and we've been in, you know, a pretty lengthy lockdown since November and things are starting to open up again. And, you know, my better half and I you know, were talking, it's like, okay, this weekend, these things are going to be open. Do you want to just go walk around, you know, a particular store just to get out and, and do yeah. some things? And, and we, you know, we can go into grocery stores and we can go into a pharmacy if we need to and all of that, right. which is, it's like, wow, that's the, the excitement level of my life. It's like, let's go to the grocery store. It's, you know, but it's one of those things, again, being thankful that I have the ability to go buy groceries and I can choose what type of groceries I want, you know, because we can think back to war times or other times in the world or other people. And like I said, all those people that were lined up for blocks to get food, um, they don't have the choice per se. They can't say, I want this type of peanut butter, or they may not be able to get that frozen shrimp. Or, um, yeah. And I, I ran into the same problem. I ordered some groceries online and they were out of frozen shrimp. So I, I feel your pain. Yeah, um, yeah right. so it's like... I'm like, that was a big part of the dish. <laughs> like, okay, well, I guess chicken it is. So um, it works. But at the end of the day, it there's experiences that we see, and we see tragedies, and we see challenges that people face. And if there's any connection to an experience that we had, one, we feel it. Secondly, we may, you know, if we're dealing with you know, clinical depression or anxiety or past traumas, we may internalize it a little bit more than we should. And it, it, all of a sudden it starts feeling real. Like, okay, this is happening to me. It's like, you, you weren't in that line. Well, you were going into a line, but you realize, wait a minute, this isn't the line to Macy's. This is the line that I don't belong in because I'm thankful that I don't have you know, all these challenges. So no, that was, that, was, that was perfect. It ties in to gratitude self-leadership and, and, and checking with yourself, you know, and, and I don't want to say holding yourself accountable per se, but a lot of it has to do with that. I'll say it's holding yourself responsible. Yeah. Right. Being responsible is the ability to respond. It literally translates to that. Right. And, and my favorite definition of maturity that I've whether I made it up or stumbled across it, I have no idea is the best definition of maturity is, knowing how your actions impact others, how others' actions impact you, and your actions impact yourself. That's being able to take responsibility for yourself and the people around you. And of course, you've got to start with yourself first. And, you know, the whole idea of keeping in check, that was a humbling experience for me. It definitely was. But going back to the idea of gratitude, whether I was in that line or not in that line, because sort of like you, I remember the days of, not knowing if I was going to be evicted from my home, you know, kind of stuff uh, many decades ago. Um, so I have that contrast and that wisdom from that pain uh, that's there. Um, but whether I'm in the line or not in the line, 
every one of us do have the ability to focus on one thing, and that's controlling our response to what we put our focus on. And so for me to go, who? okay, what do I have right now? I have my career. I have my wife. I have a home. I have food in the fridge. But if I was in that line, I put a bet because of the way that I trained myself over the years. I probably would have said, what do I have right now? Where do I want to go? How do I get there? Because there's nothing in this world preventing me from being someone on that line. I could, in a heartbeat, have everything ripped away. And the pandemic showed that, proved it. So, And just for context, um, I learned my leadership um, skills <laughs> through, I laugh because it <laughs> well, definitely wasn't school that I learned it in. Um, I come from the world of entertainment. I used to work with touring Broadway shows and um, all kinds of events. So most of my, the people I know that I'm closest with lost everything like this. And, and they were all coming to me because they knew my industry was at least, hey, how do I navigate this emotionally? Or how do I prepare myself for my next career? Because they're like, I don't think my career is coming back anytime soon. And when it does, I don't think it's going to pay the same or look the same. You know, and that was uh, and that was humbling to have a lot of people coming to me, uh, not for a handout, but for like, hey, how do I how do I do this? And so again, that's, it's humbling is the point, but no matter where we are on the side of the, how all of this impacted us. And it's, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, in at least in my lifetime, I'm 42. This is the first time I know of something that was globally impacted, like literally every human on earth. Um, Man, no, none of us could have seen this one coming, right? And um, But no matter where we stood on earth, we still have the ability to make gratitude the attitude so that we either perpetuate what more of what we don't have or we perpetuate, well, what do I have and where do I go from here? And, and the last thing I want to just add to this, you, ever, uh, you had have read uh, Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah, right. He, and he talked, and I'm totally not doing justice to the book here, but he talks about, and, and, you know, in the Holocaust, he noticed the people who are lucky enough to go right instead of left, right? Um, he noticed it was the ones that were looking for the meaning, the ones who found, uh, kept the hope and going, when I'm gone from here, here's what I'm going to do. The ones who could look at the sun and go, I can feel the warmth on my son that had a higher chance of surviving those um, intolerable experiences, right? Um, while other people who gave up the hope were quicker to die from multiple reasons. And I'm not trying to compare the pandemic to the Holocaust, but it's taking situations where we might not have the control over our environments. Uh, and, 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 and we just know from history repeating itself, those who said, I don't like my situation, but I'm going to build from here, um, had higher adaptability rates and higher ability to experience gratitude. It's important to remember that because uh, I know that if you are focused on stress and negativity, that has huge physical and mental impact. I used to work in healthcare for over a dozen years. And, you know, 
more than two dozen chronic diseases, you know, hypertension, cholesterol, diabetes, all that stuff, stress is a contributor to those conditions. So you can make yourself sick just by being negative and stressing about things and trying to change things that you don't have control over. I can't control our government saying that we are going to lock down in this region for a period of time. I can be vocal about it if I don't believe in it, or I can be vocal about it if I support it. But that that's where it ends. I, I can share an opinion, but I can't shift it and change it and getting angered about it. You know, it, for a long period of time, isn't going to do anybody any good. It's just going to be, you know, harming me and, and making me get stressed. And if you're stressed, you're not sleeping well. If you're not sleeping well, you're not repairing the damage to yourself on a daily basis. And then that builds up. And next thing you know, you start having aches and pains or your digestive system is screwed up. And next thing you know, here you are not well. And what, what happened? What did you do? I was stressing about a situation that I had no control over. And then it's, it has such a huge effect on it. So having this gratitude aspect of your life prevents that. And I honestly feel that if you live a life with gratitude, you're going to be healthier, both mentally, but also physically. And even yeah. if you're dealing with, and I know a lot of people that, you know, have had, you know, chronic diseases and they have such a positive outlook on life now. And it's helped them navigate through those things. And Absolutely. it's, it's kept their, it's kept their health, at least at the state that it's in. And in many cases has improved it uh, just because of, you know, of their mental gratitude that they have in their life. There, there was a study speaking of the medical world. Well, first off, Speaking of the medical world, right? That's the definition of disease. Disease. When you put your body under a, a condition of stress, it puts the body in dis-ease and therefore other things come about from that. But I, I just read this somewhere. So I, man, do I wish I had the cliff notes on, or the footnotes of where it was. But there was a heart study done, and uh, they gave all the patients the same. Um, it was people with uh, heart failure, and. Um, they gave everyone the same medical treatment, but they split into two groups. One of the groups had to experience, had to, had to do a gratitude practice. And the recovery rate, I don't remember the data. It was ridiculously higher. It was 50% or higher. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a remarkable difference. And, but again, it's that gratitude makes it lighter because you can start to focus on what you do have control over. And I'm not against, you were talking about getting angry and stuff, and I'm not against getting angry, and I don't think you are either. I don't, I don't think that's what you're saying, because we've got to experience the motions. But if you hold on to the anger, anger is a resistance against reality. That's what anger is. And so, you know, a huge part of the gratitude thing they were talking about is talking about emotions. And I don't mean talking about emotions of like, oh, how do you feel? You know, though sometimes I'll ask that question just for the sake of asking it, but it's emotions are designed to be transients. They're indicators. I'm really angry right now at the, using the example of the government shutdown. <sighs> okay. All right. I experienced the anger. So what, where do I have control of this? What about this is not congruent with the way I see things. Well, I don't think it should have been done like this. Okay, and now we have a vocabulary around it. And um, more importantly, I'll say this. So when I met my wife, Lauren, she seemed, and still does to this day, I, I don't think it's false at all. She's, I was like, this is one of the 
happiest people I've ever met. Like she is naturally, her set point of happiness is like above outside of this Zoom call window, right? And then I meet people who are super gratitude being in the gratitude space. And I'm like, these people are true. They really are grateful. This is not an act in the show. But here's my observation about both Lauren and individuals that I would bucket in that sense thing area of super high happy set point and the super high gratitude set point. They don't have a lack of negative emotions and darkness and anger. They don't have a lack of sadness. They allow themselves to feel them fully and move through them quickly to get back to the gratitude or the happiness. And that is, I think, one of the most powerful observations I've had to date. And then there's a lot of studies around that too, is if you resist the emotions or you hold on to the emotions, hence trauma, right? We talk, we're talking a lot about trauma here. It, um, it stays. What you resist stays. It just does. So it's just interesting. Those who go, I mean, it doesn't mean people who are grateful weren't pissed. I got pissed about the freaking shrimp. Like that's the stupidest thing to get pissed about any day of the week, let alone during a pandemic. <laughs> okay, get the other shrimp, you know, get the six other shrimp that are available, <laughs> you know. So anyhow, yeah. No, I, I love that. It brings brings to home, you know, what's really important, what's not. And, and I love the fact that, yeah, positive people have negative experiences and thoughts and like that, yeah. but they, but much like driving through a bad part of town, you drive through it quickly and then you get yeah. back to, you know, the place that's safe for you and all of that. So Michael, I've loved this conversation Thank where can people find out more about you and this incredible work that you do. So, so if you're on Facebook, as I mentioned, gratitude slam, just search for it. And if you're not on Facebook, which I'm finding more and more people aren't lately talk about signs of t- changing times. Um, I think the best place would be Instagram, Michael Ian Cedar, C E D A R. And I do one minute coaching videos, uh, several times a week, um, just around topics. Again, my, my goal is to get the, this kind of content, the things we talk about. Uh, and by the way, I just got to give a shout out to your mission of helping people with burnout. As we said in the pre-call, I am, I definitely identify as a former true 20 hour day, seven day a week, uh, workaholic, maybe a decade and a half ago. And man, I never want anyone to ever go through that in their entire lives. So I commend the work you're doing as well. Thank you so much, Michael. And I'll definitely have that information in the show notes as well. So thank you again for being on the show and, and for being out there to you know, teach people, you know, the gratitude is the right attitude to have. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.